0: Come out now and fight!
1: You need to be more like a doll. We don't need a bunch of cats in here looking in the mirror. Be a Whatever happens in leash, it's always a scandal. Why do you think that was? Probably because we're
2: always drinking and stuff. There's no smoke without fire, not going to
1: light. I met Tomas O'Shea one day and he said, I'm sick of that northern crowd. He said if they went set dancing twice a week, we'd all be set dancing twice a week. But
2: I can remember a lad, Jay Boothroyd and he was getting sick, right lying like that, <laughs> looking at me like, and I'm going, this
3: is not helping me. Every man, woman, and monkey in my is nearly right in the mouth.
4: Shaking the bucket! That's it!
3: Yes indeed, it's our panel uh, at the slightly later time of 4 o'clock and it's uh, a GAA themed panel really given that the Allianz Football League starts this evening. Billy Joe Padden, formerly of Mayo and Armagh, is here with us. Ryan McManaman, three times an All-Ireland winner with Tyrone is in the building and recently retired of course back in October. And a regular voice on this station is Conor Deegan. Also, uh, once upon a time, -time two-time All-Ireland winner with uh, Down. Listen, it's more than... um, certain Mayo people in the building have in fairness Sorry we surround uh, we surround we surround Mayo people often with multiple All-Ireland winners it's like the human condition for a Mayo person <laughs> Thank, thanks for that it's a bit of a novelty for me really you know it's not <laughs> uh, listen we were just talking about the rugby there during the um, break uh, Brian O'Driscoll man of the match performance today a try he is just one of the great sports people I mean you forget you, this f- country. you forget like Absolutely ever perfect. stunning
1: Ah, oh, he is I, I you know, I've said it many times on the show. We don't look at our heroes, and from this country, and give them the credit they deserve. I mean, he's he's just a phenomenal guy. I mean, for you know, he's not the biggest fellow in the world, but he, he just tackles himself to a standstill. Like, he's just wonderful to watch. Gets on with it. Seems you know, fairly down to down to earth, fairly civilised sort of character. You know, and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, like his try today was somebody said it was a red pickpocket he just looked and it was like the parting of the Red Sea he just dropped over the line but it was he just puts his body on the line week after week and like anybody who had any questions or doubts about that fella going on a Lions tour you know I'm sure that's dispelled any
3: we were we were talking about that because Jonathan Davies is maybe his competition for that place in the Lions team. And Davies today was, you know, to compare the two respective performances, was chalk and cheese. One of the things the lads were saying, we had Emmett Byrne and Trevor Hogan in, Billy, and they were saying that as O'Driscoll's got older, there would be understanding if he did less work around the breakdown, less of the real ugly work that actually makes such a difference. And he just refuses... To do that, he, I mean, he, as Connor says, body on the line again and again and again. It's just kind of miraculous <laughs> in some ways.
2: Well I think if you look at all sports and if you look at the people that are really at the top and are at the top for a long period, like O'Driscoll has been, that that's the one thing, as well as just being brilliant and having all this skill and ability. They they do they work every day. Every minute of every day is they're preparing for for the for the eighty minutes, whatever it is on on Saturday or Sunday. And I think that's the thing that stands out for me about O'Driscoll is that. He's just been so consistent uh, for so long. At uh, very few players, especially in a game like rugby where injuries are such a factor, can you know can have that longevity in their career. And I think I think he's an absolute, he's a he's a national treasure, really. You know. Yeah,
3: Ryan. I guess he'd be somebody. I mean, your your Tyrone team had characters like Doher, and we full of guys that would do the hard yards again and
4: again and again. I guess at risked someone you'd have huge admiration. For. Oh, definitely, definitely. It was a probably even there the other day and a, probably the week building up to it as well. Like. Where he lost, where he lost the captaincy, you know, and like it was a measure of the money he came back and he and he put on an absolutely fantastic performance, and yeah. it was just even people are he's on people could be writing them off for people this year, but every time he comes back, he comes back stronger, and also we like we were really took a lot of inspiration from him, like from, from just from his work rate and from just what we liked about him was he does the small things so and maybe. He he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty and if it has to be done, it has to be done and he's the first man leading the tackles and probably seen into the He he's at the bottom of a lot of rucks and stopping them tackles and I think the the other players in the Ireland team feed off that and hopefully the day you know the boys will kick on.
3: Because we had um, Kenny Cunningham on the show last week, Ryan, and he was talking about, we were asking him, you know, I think who's the best player you've played against, you know, and he kind of said, you know, or played with even, and he was kind of saying, do you know, it's funny, a lot of the times, you know, everyone knows Robbie Keane is a genius, everyone knows Damien Duff can do something special, but quite often what other players really value on a team is the guy who's doing the kind of dirty, unseen work you know, it chasing back all that kind of stuff which actually is every bit as crucial to a team winning and it's what I would think of when I think of Tyrone in many ways
4: Yeah definitely and probably probably us, the the fellow that we got the most inspiration It was Brian Duker and we people would have saw him in training when we saw him in training he was the hardest trainer and, and if we weren't training hard enough he'd expect us to even train even harder and the way it was, if Brian was injured, and we'd be doing the rehab work, and more or less boys tried not to be injured because they knew if, if you're doing the rehab work with Brian it was it was like hell because like, he'd be pushing you <laughs> on, and you didn't want to get nowhere near that. But even in the games, when you're playing the games, you no, know, I'd say Billy like Joe could tell as well. Like he seemed to be everywhere. Like yeah. come on back, and he'd score points, get on the dirty ball. And players do look up to that. Like, they like to do look up to the to the Guccis and the Stevios Nails, but. At, at the same time, if you if you look at Kerry, you have Paul Galvin, and if you look, if you look all round that the, at the end of the day, the players that always that seem to get the respect from the players, as the grafters and the boys that do put their heads on the line, and probably maybe, maybe they don't get enough attention, but as as what we call him, thrown like he's a player's player, and the boys just they do look up to him like, and he's over the throne on the twenty ones this year, and I think I think more or less just all the boys is. Like to just eat out of his hand at the moment, yeah. so they have great respect for him.
3: He says jump, they say how high. I would, uh, I would imagine, and he'd say jump even higher. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading um, one of the McMahons was injured, and a bit like what you were saying, they were put on rehab with Doher over the winter, and Doher had him running up mountains and all kinds of things. And he said it was the worst winter of his life. <laughs> I, that was probably a big. I,
4: I think that was big Joey. Yeah, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and big Joey likes to want their well like, you know, <laughs> so, as a shock to the system.
3: Uh, any players for you? Uh, Billy Joe stood out as guys who when you're, you know, it's it's all square, you're a point down with five minutes to go and you think he just does something small, but you're thinking that's that's the real dirty stuff that really is making a difference here.
2: Yeah, well, I think, well, recently in the last couple of years with Armagh, I think Kieran McKeever is a player that kind of, he sets that example, you know, in training and, and then he's someone you can rely on on, on the big day. To, and it's sometimes it's just a simple thing. It's getting a, f- a finger in on a block that deflects a ball and stuff like that. And when you go back to Mayo, I suppose James Allen was, you know, the greatest trainer, yeah. a great, you know, a great player that I've ever, you know, seen. He, he was a phenomenal athlete, as it was anyway. And but he was a great fellow as, as a young player on the panel. He was a great fellow to, you know, to be involved with because you know he he there was no nothing, no arrogance about him. He always just trained hard
3: and he led by example. And I, I think that that was he was a great player to be on a panel with. Yeah, Connor, you've been on teams which one All Ireland so you, a team like that is full of those players I would think Well it
1: is and I think as, as Ryan has said I mean ultimately you need more of them than you need of the nice sexy footballers you know it's alright and I don't mean this in any dismissive way I mean it's, it's grand having the fellas who'll kick it over the bar and but they're there to do that I mean but you need the grafters you need the guys who are going to put in the hard yards all the time they're a really great team everybody does that and mm. the really great the really really great players all do that I mean you go to you want to go to soccer look at Messi he doesn't exactly not put in his shift uh, he doesn't sit back um, and the great teams like United even they all work so hard so you know you, you get more inspiration from a guy I certainly did of a guy that actually was honest and trained and, and worked really really hard mm. maybe not the best footballers in the world and I certainly wasn't one but you would have trained hard you would have worked hard for the team Yeah, and that's what players really respond to you know supporters will look at the the marquee players but the players will always look at the guy that they can turn around and say you know what when I ran up that hill he was ahead of me or he made me run harder or whatever and that's what you're looking for uh, in players and talk about leadership you know leadership takes many guises. a lot of fellas don't have to open their mouths if they go and do the hard yards you'll go with them
2: yeah, well I think to to win championships in any sport uh, as Connor said there it's it's about having the guys with the skill and the, with that bit of inspiration who kind of marry the hard work with it and, and that's something that Brian O'Driscoll has done and even in GA you know, it's the same it's those
3: players that Win all Ireland's are the, the fellows with the skill, but who who add the hard work hard work to it. Yeah, and I guess O'Driscoll's that uh, unique special case where he does all the things we've been talking about, and then throws the most genius pass you'll see, or makes a line break. It's kind of the the marriage of the two. Um maybe I guess tying in with that and and what it takes to win, I wanted to play you guys this clip because we had Kieran McGeaney a really interesting interview with Kieran McGeaney Earlier on in the show, Dave McIntyre was out speaking to him, and just this point, um, we thought was really interesting. He's talking about, I guess, what he's been trying to do in his time with Kildare
0: You know, like, to me, is to, to change. You know, like my whole job as a manager was to change the culture and mindset, and I think I've changed the culture. I'm not so sure about the mindset yet. If I think if, if we can change that, like you know, we we can like challenge for those things. But you know, it's it's a it's a thing that's been in Kildare like for a long time. You know, and, and that's the. That's the truth of the matter, even if you look at the likes of the Donegal like, they were competing for Ulster titles. Like over the last twenty years they have been a different outfit. You know, and thrones were the same and things like that are like but you know in Kildare we generally haven't. Like I, I do think I am not so sort of sure again, but you're going back to two Lancer titles in sixty odd years, like no no last league title and all Ireland, nineteen twenty eight. So like, you know, outside of Mikko's two years and nineteen ninety eight and two thousand like you know like the struggle like you know when you can even see the impact I think the young players coming through now or due to that level of success you know at that particular yeah. time that like and obviously like the the youth like uh, and uh, games committee like in, in the county, but it, it's that like, you have to change like a culture like a, or a mindset of winning that like being good or good enough is not enough that like, there's not that much difference and going just the other side of that and being great. But even though there's not that much difference in us, you still have to give that wee bit more to do that. And uh, in the beginning, you probably have to work and do things a lot harder and a lot more than other teams because they're already on that other side. They have that belief, they have that inner confidence. So when things go bad, they still believe at that particular time they can still win. And it's at that point in the game that our troops are... Players have to learn that they're capable of winning too, just as much as anybody else. And just, just like a wee bit of composure and like a that wee bit of um, sort of like slowing things down and taking Mm. the right option is is, is the key to that sort of success. And hopefully, that's what we'll do.
3: Yeah, it's Kieran McGinley talking to Dave McIntyre during the week. The my panel: Billy Joe Padden, Connor Deegan, and Ryan McManaman. Ryan, what kind of the line that stood out for me was I've changed the culture. I'm not so sure about the mindset. Kind of interested for your take on this, given. What Tyrone did in two thousand and three, and can you relate to what he's talking about there?
4: Yeah, definitely can relate to what he's doing. I think probably, uh, I think, I think Jim McGuinness did the same up in Donegal. He probably, although he probably got it on a bit further than and a bit quicker than he expected, he had to go in and change the culture there, and probably he he brought the mindset on further. But I can, I can definitely see what Kieran's trying to do. That he's probably trying to, he's trying to a, a professional culture because probably when you played against Kieran or whenever you knew about Kieran. He was always very professional in the setup, even, even as a player. Even when everything was everyone was done to the very max. And so probably now he's probably the mindset he's trying to get in the players that probably that they are good enough to to, to go on and like and win all Ireland and 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 be dominant in football. Maybe not just for one or two years, but probably trying to get them to dominate football for for five six years. And probably the thing as well, he's he's been there now. Four or five mm. seasons. We're we're five. We're we're just chatting with that before he came in, but like he has been given time and he has been given that So I'd say probably this year they they'll be look they will be looking big things to see if the if the if the mindset is ready.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was I'm a Kildare from Kildare, and so the the team he inherited the culture of professionalism wasn't there to the extent it is now I mean he definitely has changed the culture they are uh, uh, you know such a hard working team and and no one doubts that and that's the reason I think he's been given time but actually Billy he's talking about a mindset shift just that it seems to be a small 2 or 3% the difference between winning and maybe just what happened to them against Donegal a couple of years ago
2: yeah well I think that 2 or 3% might be for themselves to find you know I I know Division 1 I, I think is going to help them because to get comfortable beating the likes of Tyrone or Cork or Kerry you have to I suppose you have to do it in the league maybe so that you can realise that oh, then we have the capabilities of doing it on a big championship day and they haven't been able to do that the last 3 or 4 years they haven't been able to beat Division 1 teams in the latter stages of the championship so maybe if they can get a couple of victories like that under their belt in Division 1 that going into the championship that they might be able to get over get over that uh, the 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 bigger more traditional teams the other thing that you know i think has probably gone against Kildare just from looking from the outside in is that um they haven't really settled on a couple of key positions and if you look at all the teams that have won all irelands over the last number of years you know you look at even at at donegal last year you had Carl Lacey at center back you know and he was outstanding murphy at full forward Kildare don't seem to have anyone set in in settled positions, and I think that has gone that has gone against them.
0: Mm.
3: Connor, it's interesting. That you, Billy made the point. Maybe it's not for McGinley to find that mindset shift.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, Kieran has brought, and he has, and you know, I was a wee bit critical during the week. Uh, I was in last week, and we we talked about it. I was I was slightly critical, and and so far as then, the one thing he did do, he went out and he, he brought in uh, Jason Ryan to help him out, which you know is, I think that's that's a great. Um, Indicator that the Cairns looked at and says, "I don't have all the answers. Let's try to change things a wee bit uh, and see if we can get something new into this." Mm. But uh, you know, there's only so much he can actually do. I mean, you know, it's very easy. A lot of players in the modern game, they're they're hiding behind management. They're hiding. You know, there comes a point that you have to stand up and do it yourself. I mean, what can, what can Kieran McGeaney do for a player? He can he can get him to train. He can get him to train as hard as he wants. But at the end of the day, he doesn't kick any footballs you know he doesn't make the blocks you have to do it yourself
2: sometimes I just think that he's nearly too big a personality that they're nearly in awe of him you know he was a great player and he'd probably still lift more than them in the gym and you know train harder than them and sometimes you think that I just think that you know if he wasn't such an impressive person that you know he may be they feel overshadowed by him. They just need to go out. I think the
1: Kildare team just need to go out and grasp it for themselves.
2: Just, just you know, take that opportunity when it comes.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, again, was hugely disappointed last year by Kildare. I still believe that they have they have a winning in them somewhere, whether yeah. it be a Leinster and all Ireland. There's there's enough there. McGinley is an inspirational sort of character, no yeah. doubt. And but players need to stand up and say enough of this crap. Basically, you know, mm. we we have, we we've we hit the wall too many times. Let's stand up and and take another big step. Every team to win in All Ireland, and maybe not just its first one, but the first one in, in whatever eighty odd years, yeah. Th- there comes a point we have to say enough's enough. Let's let's kick on a little bit.
4: No, well, like it, it is as the boys are saying. It is all about about the players themselves, and maybe as well, you do need a bit of luck. Um, mm. You've seen maybe two years ago against guess, like, no, against they were,
1: uh, they were robbed,
4: and then against Donegal, there was a bounce of the ball. They could have said square ball, mm. and there was, but. As the boys are saying, it it has to be, it it does have to come in cause, because because not out playing for them, and they've a lot of the boys there, and they are very very good footballers, but it just comes that I think as think I think Billy Joe's right that it is going to have to take the serious year in in Division One, and probably it, it it could be a mental thing for them boys as if to say, well we're never going to beat them, but if they turn over Kerry once. They're probably going to realise, well, there's nothing. Here. Yeah. Well, there's nothing special about these men here. That that we're as good, and you can see a different there this year. See when they come to the later in the championship when they do get to the quarterfinals, they can say, well, there's nothing special here. We've. Like we've beat them in the league. You, you,
3: you almost have to do it to kind of understand that point. Um, staying with the panel, Billy Joe Padden, uh, Connor Deegan, and Ryan McMenamin, Dave McIntyre, we're uh, keeping an eye on the Premier League as well, and there's goals going in.
5: Yeah, there's goals flying in towards the end of these six, uh, three o'clock kickoffs in the Barclays Premier League. We're going to head to Newcastle first at St James's Park, Newcastle hosting Chelsea. Belter of a second half there. Here's Al Ross.
3: Newcastle won, Chelsea won Frank Lampard again his 10th Premier League goal of the season the first player now to reach double figures
1: in 10 consecutive Premier League seasons and it was a beauty, it was from nothing, it was 25 yards top corner when nothing looked on something special from the top draw of the England international Newcastle won, Chelsea won
5: So the spoil has been shared there at the moment We're going to head to Goodison Park now where Everton are hosting Aston Villa There's plenty of goals at Goodison Park too Here's uh, our reporter there this afternoon, Shane Pennington
4: Everton 1 Aston Villa 3 a terrific third goal for the visitors this afternoon lovely 1-2 between Andreas Weiman and Matt Loughton sent Loughton to the byline and his cross was perfect for Benteke with a perfect diving header from 6 yards out to make it Everton 1 Aston Villa 3
5: So a shock in the cards there goals 9 and 10 in the Premier League this season for uh, Benteke heading back towards St James's Park that goal from Frank Lampard has jolted Chelsea into action because Juan Mata now has joined Lampard on 10 Premier League goals this season and he's put Chelsea two-one up against Newcastle. Jonas Gutierrez with a goal for Newcastle just before half-time. So Chelsea coming from behind to take the lead there. Elsewhere it's still scoreless, frustratingly so from an Arsenal point of view at the Emirates Stadium. Still Arsenal nil, Stoke nil, Reading one, Sunderland one, West Ham and Swansea still have failed to break the deadlock at Upton Park. And a good game too in the second half of the DW Stadium. Gary Colwell put Wigan one-up against Southampton, but Ricky Lambert with his 11th Premier League goal of the season and his 99th in Southampton colours has got the equaliser so it's Wigan won Southampton won the evening kick-off is Fulham Manchester United at half five and over at Twickenham Scotland really putting it up to England it's 9-8 England leading 24 and a half minutes on the clock Scotland looking for their first win at Twickenham since 1983
3: yeah, lovely stuff Dave uh, The panel here with Conor Deegan, uh, Ryan McManaman and Billy Joe Padden We're talking about McGeaney's comments uh, when he was speaking to Dave earlier in the week and you guys making the point that maybe the mindset change which he says he hasn't quite been able to give his team is actually down to the players and I was thinking Ryan when you were coming in I was reminded back in I think it was '08 when you were beaten early in the championship and the players took it upon themselves to grow beards well, now, whatever, whatever whatever that was about. I mean, <laughs> you're still sporting a bit of stuff. Still, isn't it? still not. I'm <laughs> lazy. No, um. But you came back and and beat Dublin. I remember there was a quarter final in the rain. This this stunning mm. performance. Like and and suddenly you yeah. think that struck me as a thing driven by the players. And you read Mickey Hart's book, and it wasn't he. He didn't say, lads. I think if if you grow beards, that'll be the secret From to winning the Old Ireland. That that's maybe what Connor's talking
4: about when the players
3: look at each yeah. other and go.
4: No, I think probably after the, I'd say after. We got bit by down, and mm. it was after a replay, and I think I think it went extra time, and I think it was. In yeah. I think I gave away the goal. I dropped the ball. And I didn't want to say. he <laughs> dropped it into the back of the net. <laughs> but uh, we, we had two great games, and mm. like, and off that defeat, players were absolutely devastated. Now we had a meeting the next night, and the players just we said to ourselves, "We're dead. We were at the edge of the cliff here." That. If we don't make this a season for for ourselves, that we're going to fall off and mm. um, we're not going to get back, and um, we kind of realised we didn't play bad as as the media was saying that uh, that we were a bad team because we lost it down. It was two fantastic games of football, and um, we kind of came slowly out, and then it, it just probably turned one day that we all we all came into thread with maybe with with a bit more stubble, and the next thing the boys had said it would she will keep these beards and whatever came it. <laughs> I did kind of galvanize, you know. But apart from that, there, I don't think the women of the, were too, were too <laughs> happy. They the truth, but oh no, well, we they can't beards as well. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they were they were all right. <laughs> but no, look like at I did galvanize the team, and probably what what suited us was we did struggle, probably w- with the games coming up, and we were kind of going in under the radar. And it's always remembered a week before we played Dublin, the players took it upon themselves. We had a meeting before training, and I'd say we had one of the greatest training sessions I, I as a player was ever involved in, and I mean, Mickey never spoke, Fergal never spoke, and it was just pure. It was just, it was near enough like hell. We we literally bit the hell out of each other, and the players got together in a huddle after it, and from that time on, the players knew they were going to win all Ireland. Just that they achieved, we we had changed their mindset that this was it. We we're going to turn people wrong, and that we were going to go go ahead and, and win whatever we, we had to do and whoever was in the way they were going to feel their free, like the whole fury of us but we were it, it is a mindset and as the boys saying, it's up to the players maybe to come together and say right we're going to do this
1: mm. It's interesting to hear Ryan say that I mean uh, the team I played on I mean we'd won nothing we had no you know we had a, a history whatever Back in not to labour the point too much but uh, ultimately ultimate 91 we hadn't won anything we were uh, a week or two weeks before training, there was seven at training. I mean, it's it, we beat Ironman in the first round. Now, nobody would have picked any of the pick of the two teams to win the next match, let alone to win All-Ireland. But the players, and it came from players, and it came from big season players, the likes of Blaney, you know, uh, Kane. Strong, aggressive characters. And we won all, we went on and absolutely but over the moon, won All-Ireland. We came back and we, we trained in Waterfoot up in the glens of Antrim. We actually stayed <laughs> It was fairly spartan existence. We went up for weekends, there was no TVs, there was nothing. I mean mm. it was it was fairly yeah. barren, let's be blunt. Training session started and for an hour the whistle was blown twice. Once to start it, once to finish it. And I'm not joking, we had to go into the tide afterwards. We were in bits mm. afterwards. We tore strips off each other. And at that stage you realised this was ninety and this this was after we'd we'd won one, we'd boys had gone the last for a couple of years. <laughs> it was now ninety four, you were playing dairy. We knew going into the dairy game we had a great chance. Yeah. I mean, it resulted in a great game but it was because it was driven from within and the players just, there was no talking. There wasn't any need for talk anymore. The actions covered everything and you went in and you knew rightly the boy next door you had trained as hard as you had. There was belief, there was trust and respect. Once you had all them things with a bit of talent everything looked after itself. It's,
3: it's kind of interesting that the the two kind of things you're talking about you both said that there wasn't, you know, it wasn't about what was being said. No. I mean, it's very easy, I would think, for guys to get up and make oh, a sheep, beautiful yeah. speech, Al Pacino, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, any given Sunday, yeah. that kind of thing. But that training session you talk about—was it just something in the air? It we was just.
4: I'd, it was just. You you do get times for it when everything comes together, and, and it was just that there. we were a week to go to the Dublin game, and we would just have to go. We would beat Mayo, I think, and we were kind of getting. Sl- slated a bit saying that we had beat Mayo that we struggled past him and this was the end of the line for the players and Mickey had took us in maybe the the night before and he had and he had shown us a video of all the of all the chances we missed and he says, Listen boys, he says he's on a bad team. If he's just scored half them chances, he's would have beat Mayo by six or seven. The next night at Thridden the boys were feeling fresh and it just whatever happened at Thridden was with the tackling drills with small three on three tackling and a, and it was just every man started feeding off each other, and and it wasn't that players feed off each other. If if you're calling players in and out and saying you have to lift this, if if you're depending on the manager to lift you all mm. the time at training, you have to motivate yourself. And players were the throne players that stage were driving each other on. And more or less, if a man was putting in a big hit in the block, if if that man was blocked, he was working hard back, and he was getting a, he was trying to turn that ball back again. And once boys in the sailing are watching that three on threes the next boys wanted to come in and do even better mm-hmm. and it, Mickey never spoke and Mickey's a great believer is that the, it's the players training and the players have to own the, own the training and if people are looking maybe if as as Billy Joe says that maybe the Kildare boys is looking up and of, of Kieran McGinney maybe it's just up to them try to take ownership of it try to at the end of the day it, it is their team it's not Kieran McGinney's team they're the boys on the lane they're the boys doing the five, six nights a week mm. like it is their team and maybe that's the mindset they have to go in and I'm I know Oxford but it's, with throwing it was their team and we put in the effort in the pitch and and on, on the training field and it's just it does feed off it's like the players feed off each other
3: yeah, it's really interesting stuff. And, and Billy Joe, if you take Tyrone as a team who would have been held up in the, uh, in the uh, across that decade as serial winners, as men of substance who were going to achieve no matter what, Mayo, by contrast, I mean the the the, the cliche of getting to all Ireland finals and coming up short. Are, are you kind of seeing a difference there in approach, or are the players in Mayo doing exactly the same thing?
2: I think that there's a lot of managers and you know it was definitely the case of Mayo and out there in any given year that they create the environment for the players to excel I think the great teams like Tyrone like the, the down team that Connor spoke about is that the, the, as, uh, as Ryan said there they, the players take ownership of it and it's the leadership comes from the panel itself from the players mm. and maybe that's something in Mayo that whereas you had good leaders but maybe it wasn't all 30 of us were were, were buying into the into this system and maybe maybe that let us down now look when I look back on key games with Mayo where we lost that Tyrone game in particular was a close close enough game you know they missed a few chances we missed a few chances when the game was in the balance we didn't we didn't take our chances Tyrone did just enough to win the game and then they went on and had a great performance against mm. Dublin so there's other things as well you know maybe tactically we were a bit naive in other, in other days but I think that it's probably fair to say that if Mayo are to go and win in All-Ireland that it has to be driven by the players, whoever that is. If it's this year's team, if it's going to take another 15, 20 years, however, I think any team that goes to win All-Ireland, the leadership has to come from the group of players and it's it's no different with this Kildare team.
3: Because, I mean, look, you're not lambasting their former teammates here at all, but I would have thought that Mayo team said that you would have played on, he would have played in All-Ireland finals against Kerry in, in what, 05, not 05, 06, 07. That team grew up watching Mayo against Meath and Mayo against Kerry in ninety and 97 I would have thought that all 30 players for Mayo for their families for just the, the, the hunger 1951 all that kind of stuff I would have thought there'd be massive ownership of that quest.
0: Yeah
2: I think everyone you know it's not a case of you know it's it's a game of football it's not a of course you want to do it everyone wants to do it I think it's 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 having that trust with the other members of the panel that you're there that understanding that when you go out in the field whatever your game plan is that you're all buying into it 100% if, you're, if your job is to just man mark some and not touch the ball that you do it and maybe that commitment to each game plan let us down You know, there's other factors as well in sure. that there was game plans that probably didn't give us the best opportunity to win mm. and particularly maybe in 06 in that Kerry game we were way too I suppose open from a very early stage of the game and no better team to punish you and maybe even if we had played more conservatively early on and left ourselves with a better chance
3: maybe we wouldn't have beaten that Kerry team any. They, were, they were an outstanding team mm. Conor, do you get a sense, you played on teams that have won our runs and played beyond, did you get a sense of a difference, a different feeling, a training, a different feeling in the dressing room, a different mindset or is it is it kind of a difficult thing to detect fully?
1: No, it's it's there, you just know. You just know. I think experience is a great thing as Ryan has said, I mean to, to have won one, you know what the feeling should be, it's much easier to detect it. To know if they, you know, an awful lot comes back down to trust and respect within the panel. I mean, fellas will turn around and say, well, you know, Ryan did it last year and he's going well again. He'll do it again this year. You know, there's them small things. Um, I know from our own point of view, it took it took strong men to stand up and actually say, look, grow up, lads. It mm. took, I, I can tell you now, and I can, I can actually tell you the night it happened and I'll tell you who did it. it was Greg Blaney. He stood up one night in, in Ballykindler, which is probably the worst place in the world to have to train. <laughs> it's the coldest place on earth it has to be said it was beside a British army camp so you had helicopters flying in and out and hovering above the pitch it wasn't a nice spot to go to yeah. but that was home that's where we were yeah. and Blaney stood up in a changing room and he turned around and he says you're not messing about with my career anymore that was it yeah. and and that, did you, I get the I, response I, I got the exact response I got it here the whole place went quiet we just looked and Greg just said no more my career is too short it's too precious to me don't up against the wall here for me this mm. this, is, this is this is now on. I'll tell you now, lads. That little it was a seminal moment, quite possibly. And it was it was probably it was a year before we won all Ireland. It was actually more. Right. But it, the mindset we got to a national league final. You could just see things slowly starting to turn. Now you could actually see them go the other way when boys weren't putting the effort in. I suppose that's the the the, the big thing was that you could actually knew when fellas were doing it, and more importantly, when they weren't doing it. Boys mm. took it slack the next year. Didn't train half as hard. The second year syndrome. Blah blah blah. But. You know, again, it goes back to Billy Joe's point, to Ryan's point. We have, you know, if it's not driven from within, managers can scream and shout all you want, lads. You want a field to play, you never hear a manager shout at you. Really, by and large, an odd thing you will. It has to be driven from within, always.
2: I, I think also that, like, if you look at me looking at the Mayo team of last year from the outside, you know, I, I think it would be a harsh criticism to say that a lot of those players didn't show leadership. It just as it happened, I think they they were really professional and really committed in the way they went about. I, what I mean is they were committed to each other. Whatever game plan James Horn put in place, they went out and did it to the best of their ability, and they had some success. But unfortunately, they just uh, they they played.
1: The way they, uh, they were asked in terms of their game plan in the final, think, it just didn't work. Sorry for jumping in, but uh, I think Mayo come in for an awful lot of criticism. An awful lot. At times when it's it's not merited. They're, they're, some of those Mayo teams are overachieve, and that's actually their problem. They get, mm-hmm. they, you
3: know, my father's a Mayo man, and, and he'll, he'll keep it close on things, and he'll say, well, that team aren't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And they get to an
1: All-Ireland final, which actually is, is a brilliant achievement. And maybe they lose the All-Ireland, but people don't really look at it that yeah, way. Yeah, but they, they get hammered because it's been so long. Every time we come out it's in the papers, you know, as Ryan says, you only you know, they beat you beat Mayo and all of a sudden teams said it was only Mayo you beat yep. type thing. That's grossly unfair. I think you go back to last year's final. If you actually analyze the game, they were you know they were within a whisker of actually being good enough after conceding two very early goals.
0: Yeah. Mm.
3: Uh, to to bring this discussion full circle then finally, because there's there's tons of stuff I want to talk to you about. Do you think I mean you've all kind of agreed that it's the players who take ownership of it? I mean, Ryan, you've talked about it, Connor, Billy McGeaney's a clever man is this Is this? do you think McGeaney Ryan knowing that the stuff he says gets picked up that we're talking about it now potentially there's Kildare players listening well they're, they're preparing for a game in 20 minutes but do, do you think he, he knows what he's
4: doing there and maybe he thinks do you know what it is up to you and I'm going to let everybody know it's up to you is, is that possible here? Ah oh, well that is possible you know like he is a smart man you know and probably he is probably because at the end of the day if, uh, if Kildare don't win he gets the he gets the slagging in the papers and more or less they're saying he's, f- he's five years down there without a without a Lanster and so he's probably trying to put a bit more pressure on the players to get them to perform and they can they can just say them right boys it's like it's down to you here now but he'll be hoping for he'll be hoping for a response here the night and probably it's probably a great start for the league like to play Donegal because mm. I'd say Donegal now they've they yep. only put out an 21 team they've in the McKenna the Cup and but uh, so it'll be interesting. It's a great place to play in Kildare, like in Crook Park. So I'd say now he's looking as love to play in this game now so
3: yeah yeah it's really interesting stuff uh, Dave we're coming up in maybe kind of six seven minutes uh, if you include injury time in these Premier League games
5: Yeah, some really important goals going in Arsenal have scored late on against Stoke City finally it took them 78 minutes to uh, break the resistance of Stoke Lucas Podolski with 12 minutes left so Arsenal getting a very valuable opening goal at the Emirates Stadium Everton f- refusing to give up the ghost against Aston Villa when we were last at Goodison Park a goal from uh, Christian Benteke his second of the game had put Aston Villa 3-1 ahead the other Villa goal coming from Magbondlahore but tomorrow with Fellaini, with 20 minutes on the clock has got Everton back into the game with a little more hope and Sissoko has scored on his debut for Newcastle United to equalise against Chelsea after Lampard and Mata had put Chelsea ahead Gutierrez in the first half given Newcastle the lead it's still 1-1 between Reading and Sunderland and Andy Carroll has scored for West Ham and suddenly West Ham leading Swansea by Lill at Upton Park it's still 1-1 between Wigan and Southampton Ricky Lambert cancelling out the opener in the first half from Gary Colwell and the evening kick-off is Fulham against Manchester United 38.5 minutes played at Twickenham and England just starting to pull away ever so slightly really getting a grip of the game against Scotland leading by 19 points to 8 although Scotland are on the attack at the moment but they're trailing at the moment by 11 points
3: Lovely stuff Dave uh, we are going to uh, get more from the panel Billy Joe Padden Connor Deegan Ryan McMenamin and in studio uh, on this today that the Alliance Football League gets underway in Crow Park we're back in just a minute News Talk Sport Saturday in association with UPC the fibre power network bringing you all the action in HD Yeah, you're very welcome back to the show you can get in touch on uh, the text number 53106 at the cost of 30 cents John Malloy and Dave McIntyre here with you Across the afternoon, coming up in full times in the Premier League games, Arsenal have that one 0 lead at home to Stoke City. Everton two, Aston Villa three, which would be a huge result for Aston Villa. Newcastle and Chelsea still two-all at St James's Park. Reading and Sunderland are one-all. West Ham have that Andy Carroll goal. Uh, has them 1-0 up at home to Swansea and it's 1-0 between Wigan and Southampton Manchester United are in the half-five game there away to Fulham uh, half-five kick-off there my panel it's at the later time than usual Billy Joe Padden formerly of Mayo and Armagh Conor Deegan uh, All-Ireland winner with Down and Ryan McManaman recently retired All-Ireland winner with uh, Tyrone asked you during the break Ryan if you're missing the training the the whole setup and your answer was pretty straightforward no no <laughs> <laughs> really I find that hard to believe I and mean, you're still playing with uh,
4: you're still playing with tremor, aren't you Yeah still playing with Tremore yeah. now well right off there trends was has been brutal as well like you right. know so as one has been crazy but no but well, probably at the moment I probably see once it comes see this timely it's just time of year like you you can ask Billy <laughs> Joe O'Connor. You just don't like training this time of year at all. And I'd say probably once you come and see once it comes in the summer I'd say probably I will miss it, you know, but at, at the minute, you know, I'm probably I'm en, I'm enjoying my time at the club, you know, and, and I'm, I'm and I'm enjoying training with the boys there, but I actually don't miss it, you know, probably mm. when you've thirteen, twelve, thirteen years at it, you know, you just you kinda know yourself maybe that had been doing it maybe too long,
3: like. <laughs> and you still uh, keeping yourself
4: in shape? Is the diet relaxed a little bit? Are you are you as fit a man as you were a year ago? I wouldn't be as fit as man now, but I think a few boys are, have been remaining in the club. That the day it not the same as it was, but uh, no, I'm getting in shape now. I'm getting in shape now, so I think uh, I think we'll club friend there now. Just one night a week now, all over January now, mm. so. I'm beginning to get myself now back in the ship and hopefully in last. you never know. Yeah,
3: Billy Joe, have you found it strange uh, being away from it? No, I I actually sit,
2: sit in the house watching soccer, and I can't think. I I wonder how did I ever do it? Really, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, in the space of a couple of weeks, I just wonder how did I ever do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. But I, yeah, look, I know that come the summer, you know, when the sun starts shining and the big games start coming, that you 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 will inevitably
1: miss it at that yeah. stage. Uh, Alice, trust me, you get over it. <laughs> you're not pining for a deacon, are you? Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, I t- just make them run now. Yeah,
3: well, of course, yeah. You're uh, you're now a manager. Mm. And uh, how's that going for you? Interesting. Tell us about it.
1: Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I took over with uh, Ballybone, uh, St. Endis. Uh Big job. Big job. A yeah, big club, yeah keeping b- tight-lipped. Is this the new <laughs> Connor Deegan? You're going to come in here now and not talk to us. That's yeah. all I have to say
3: about it. Are you enjoying it? Can you tell us that much? Truthfully.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, a good bunch of lads. Um, big club trying to do the right things, which is always great. You know, great structures, underage. Mm. They're probably listening, so I have to keep saying the good things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great lads. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant lads. Uh, good stuff. But no, listen,
3: yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you about that during the year. Uh, we, we One of the reasons we wanted to get you in was because the league is starting. And um, Conor... Uh, our good friend, Mr. Parkinson, Colin Parkinson, makes the point that this the league could well be the only competition in the world that, as it gets closer to the final, becomes less important. That's <laughs> actually very inspirational from Mr. That's Parkinson. It's I it? thought, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's an interesting point, though. We might talk about that in a second, but I guess uh, tonight, Crow Park, you know, there's a bit of... Um, a sense of occasion about it they go and they get kind of entertainment for the kids and it's a double header it's under lights Billy Joe it's a real maybe example of what um, I guess the league experience kind of should be about if we could try and replicate it throughout the campaign yeah, I
2: think that the with the games on the Saturday nights under lights it's really added an atmosphere. And even as a player, I remember you enjoyed playing the Saturday night games because there's always a, a bit of an atmosphere about them. But uh, yeah. and I think that you know bringing them to Crow Park has been great. I think I remember one of the first ones, maybe Tyrone and Dublin were one of the first ones, and that yeah. was you know as it happened, I think remember that was like a championship game. It was a really oh, good yeah. game of football, yeah, it was. and that was a good start to the to the whole idea. And I think tonight, then you look at it, there's a there are two great matchups. Uh, you know, Kildare will be looking to get a good win. I think they have a great chance, and it'll mm-hmm. do them it'll uh, it'll do them really good for the rest of. The Campaign and, and then Dublin and Cork. You, you, know, you know, Cork will be looking to get they've been so good in the league the last four years, and uh, they'll probably be good again tonight, so they, they'll probably look to win that one. But um, I, I think, in relation to what Colin Parkinson said, I think that once you're safe in Division One, I, I don't think anything else matters yeah. in the league. You know? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Ryan, I noticed Sam, um, I was just looking back, it was you won your first All Ireland in 03, and I think you won the league. In 2002, as uh, Alan Pardew goes ballistic on the sideline, because <laughs> on 89 minutes Newcastle have scored and it's Newcastle three, Sissoko Chelsea again, two. Sissoko again. I think you're right. Straight over to the sideline, the team are jumping on each other. That's a big win for uh, Newcastle. But uh, I think in 02, Ryan, you you guys won the national league. Is that right? And then you know, is the league something that guys are taking seriously? It feels like it's more important than it ever was, although not obviously quite as important um, as it should be maybe
4: well in throne like, we always we always took it very important you know and we probably it probably gave us in 2002 maybe a, of a launch pad to kick on and probably knew then it's probably a bit like Kildare that we won the division one and then it, the big teams weren't we weren't in of the big teams anymore mm. and we kind said we can we keep like we can beat them and and then Mickey came in two thousand and three, and his first thing was was he wanted to win everything. So Mickey, being Mickey, we had to, <laughs> we had to go out and win. And but for us, we thought that especially two thousand and three, the way it worked out was that the league was a great launch pad for us, and we found we found out a lot of faults in the league. You do find out a lot of faults about yourselves so that you try to react for the for the championship. But no, the way we looked at it was that there was. There's really only three trophies to win, and, and the league's one of them, and it's probably nice having a league medal in your back pocket. So when you go in, and so it's not to be snuffed at, but mm. I know what you say. I know what Billy Joe's in. That you just want to get safe. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely do want to get safe, and then if you, if you get the league semi final or league final, like it is a bonus. But the first, but the first most important is getting maybe six points on the board. And then, and we'll then you're safe, done. and then you can look about you. Then maybe we can push on for a semi-final.
2: Uh, yeah, and then I even think, especially in the Ulster Championship, it all depends on when the first round of the mm. Ulster Championship is. If you're, you know, if it's two or three weeks, you're you're better off not being
1: in a league. As final. we were out in May one year, yeah. we were actually beaten in May. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Crab that, that beaten in the league, beaten championship in May, season's over. Mm. Mm. Well, I think. I it, it. It,
2: well, Mayo. When I was playing for Mayo we lost a league final against Donegal. Um, I know a couple of years ago and we were out in May against galway in the first round of the Connacht championship and you know it was the worst thing that could have happened at the long league run
3: you know really yeah because i remember even was it um 2010. I was at a league final between Mayo and Cork, and Cork absolutely annihilated Mayo. And yeah. I think that was that Omani was in then, and yeah. it ended up yeah. losing to Longford. Or, that's right. That's right. And yeah. I, I actually, I, you could almost trace it back to the league defeat. You know, the, the, it was another hammer blow for Mayo in Crow Park. I, I thought from the outside. I don't know.
2: Yeah, well, that was a very demoralising defeat. Uh, yeah. I wasn't involved for that league cam- league campaign, but it, it, I, I think that you know, if you look at Mayo last year, the difference is they. they they did well in the league and they went all the way to the final and they lost it was a better performance throughout the league but then they had a bit of breeding space going into the into the championship and you know, I think that's probably what you need and in terms of Donegal and Tyrone I think there's four weeks after the league final to, to their first round of the championship hmm. but I would say that either team would not want to be in the league final and they just want six, seven weeks
3: to prepare for that first round of the championship It's a pity really Connor, that that is the Realistically, that is the attitude. That's the realism. It is a pity, though. Is there a way that you can address it? Um, I'm not asking to solve all of the GAA's <laughs> problems here in, in one fell swoop, but you know it, there, that is a, a problem. Ultimately, that that's the way teams are approaching it because the fans
1: know it deep down. Well, I think I think the GAA have have gone a long way to it as well. You know, they, they've opened it up. The colleges are involved. And, uh, you know, uh, I know when we played, the league was hugely important. Because as we said, we had a knockout champion. We had a championship knockout said we were beaten in May by Derry and that was it mm. we, we had no more football so if you had if you had a crappy league run and you are beating a championship it was, it was one really poor year mm. and we had quite a few of them it has to be said so you know for us it was very very important to have a good league um, about it now I think there's Personally, I think the season's too long. I think they have too few games over too too wide a period. Yeah. I think yeah. you could, I don't know. The modern day player must want to play more regularly. I mean, if you if you play more often, you don't have to train as hard. You're mm-hmm. match fit. You're ready to play. You know, you run the you run the problem of picking up injuries, which is fine. But that that can happen in any game at any stage. But there's boys get injured in warm ups. You know.
4: No, well, I would say sorry for cutting in, but I would say like probably one of the things I enjoyed about the league was you're playing week in, week in week and week out. It, yeah. And there's sometimes you could play maybe in the first round of Ulster, say at the start of May, and then you might be playing the six weeks later yeah. and then you or four or five weeks later and then if you look at it now, there's teams training in November and realistically they could be playing maybe to September and at the most, all you're gonna get maybe is twenty games. So from November to September, you're getting twenty, like you getting twenty games, and probably at the same time, them thirty thirty five players are holding up the rest of the county. Like, and mm. if the th- but the thing will probably not be closed in because it'll come down to the GAA making money and it and suits them for the things to be spread out. But if it takes if you count county championship starts mostly in May and it's not finished to end of September like it's four or five months like it's like it's unrealistic like it.
1: I mean, the five games been drawn out over you know there's no need for it
4: there's no need for it at all like you, it, it can be condensed and it can there's no harm in over with tradition and whatever like but the and could be played in the last week of August I know is great for tradition whatever but we'd get over it we'd get over it and it, it would it would open up club football
1: was it do it once and it's it's that's it finished. See does the world end? <laughs> Probably not, but the club uh, Race is right. I mean yeah. the club are, the clubs are being screwed to the wall here. I mean yeah. I'm sitting with a with a senior team in Dublin and I have a league game on the twenty fourth. I have another league I have two league games I think before a championship in April. That's it a few cup games but that's how in the name of God can footballers improve if you don't play football yeah
4: I know like the Throne League is meant to start on the 14th of April but it's the same weekend as the National League semi-final (laughs) so if Throne if Throne gets the National League semi-final which hopefully they do the league's stopped and if that's the case then Mickey's not going to want the boys to be playing in the league the next week Mm. and then so you're you're talking the end of start of May and at then at that stage, the championships three weeks away, and so realistically, you're really not. You mightn't start your league into, into June, like, and you've got you've got ninety odd. You've you have hundreds of players just waiting to play, and but that's the way it is. The club players, they're like they're poor relative. Like, and I know myself that I'm taking an on the twenty-one team, we're we're playing in Ulster first round tomorrow, and what I find is. Colleges, schools, and and thrown on the twenty one. They all lay claim them, and I know I've been lucky enough that I've have had a good relationship with the with the CBS and with with the throne on the twenty one management, and they've been able to release players. But there was one college, more or less, more or less was phoning and air club or uh, they put on on Facebook saying that it was a disgrace that uh, the more didn't allow the players to play in air players to play in a in a cup game like mm. they can mm. they're they're club players first and then their college like but it's, it's it's the clubs don't make money for the GA, and that's basically the end of it and no matter how you dress it up or whatever that's it and um, they're always going to be a poor second I and probably I'd say in the future you can yeah, it could be going like the rugby where you could be seeing maybe the the county players could be contracted to the county and the leagues can play away and maybe they'll come back maybe for the for the championship it's probably going down that line next. Like, so probably the next 10-15 years you can't see it you can't see it happening like because at the minute I think Billy you will say it it is a prof- everything is professional and county level like you're, you're dietitian, you're, you're getting your dietitian yeah. f- you're getting your weight fat checked everything checked and it has to be below so I wouldn't like to check mines now, but <laughs> what was what was your peak? I don't know. I think I, I think it was below ten or ten or yet. I think maybe at my peak. But, that's, but playing that there, and I mean last year because we were playing like we were getting our bloods tested to see if we if we were uh, if we were tired, if we were mm. needed more water and more hydration. Like we we're going and getting the whole thing <laughs> tested and it's crazy. <laughs> like Is I just say, I'm tired. <laughs> you could say you're tired but they never believed you and this is a way for now and one to get out of it <laughs> they, they could have been taking that blood and putting it in a fridge somewhere for you you might get it back in, okay. in the summer
3: something you want to talk about? no
4: well we're here anyway
3: <laughs> I must bare my soul here no 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 I'm sure it was strictly above <laughs> board <laughs> um, in fairness uh, listen it was great having you in Ryan Ryan and it's good to have you uh, in hopefully we'll get you in over the summer and uh, across the championship Connor Deegan I'm sure you'll be in, in, in again soon Thank thanks you. for having you in Billy Joe thanks for making the uh, trip up that was our panel we're uh, back with the panel next Saturday at 2 o'clock. Coming up in just a few moments' time, uh, full times from the Premier League. News Talk Sport, Saturday, in association
1: with UPC, the fibre power network that delivers Ireland's fastest broadband.